I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Diminishing the doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed In the rent room, we let that shit up off our chest You never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel, say what you want Welcome to the rent room What's up y'all, it's your boy Hilliard Guest And you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room but we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what, Chris? 2023. Yeah, on this show we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture. But our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. We in the building today. Here it is, Super Bowl Sunday. Ain't it? I know, man. Damn. I don't care. Who you got? Me? Yeah. I hope Philly. Bane wins. You hate who? I hope Bane wins. <laughs> Bane? Bane. I hope Bane comes in after Bane. Rihanna's halftime performance. And blows up the floor. Blows up the whole show. <laughs> all them Eagle fans just crater into the earth. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's funny. All of them. I'm a Cowboys fan. I love my Cowboys. We're, I'm not going to see a Super Bowl in my lifetime. I've, what are you I, talking about? I, I am, I, I'm not going to see another one, I should say. Um, I've already resigned that. Um, until because they're not that good anymore. Well, yeah, Jerry Jones has decided he he's he's chosen money over championships. Ah, the um, old switcher. Well, he's gonna die soon, soon. But Stephen Jones unfortunately won't. So he's gonna be around for another. But he needs the thing about Stephen Jones is he needs to get out of his dad's shadow. Yeah. So he's got to do something different. Hire a GM. I'll tell you what's interesting about Jerry Jones. What's that? I don't know if y'all like remember this. Like it, it was kind of f- popping up during the Kanye West shit last fall, right? <laughs> was he pro Hitler? Doesn't, doesn't everything pop up during? No, <laughs> but there was a there was a photo that leaked. Jerry Jones was at that Ruby Bridges thing when they were like putting the you know the first like you know like desegregated. Right. He was there in the crowd. Oh, I believe with a perplexed look. Because he, he couldn't fathom what was happening at the time. Ah, but see, I think you only show up there to fucking jeer. Exactly. To shout the N-word at this woman. Exactly. And he was fortunate enough that that photo, he didn't have like vitriol on his face. There was no hair. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was very fortunate was, that that photo had It was him. coming, though. Yeah. It was coming. It looked like he was processing <laughs> was the moment. He was like, what is it, he doing here? It, what so, is this niggerous <laughs> doing here? Oh. Exactly. But it's always interesting because whenever things like that happen, you know, they are just of their time, men of their time, you know. Um, (laughs) Like for me, what gets me is down in Orange County a few years ago, um, there's a wealthy family. um, I think their family owns like car dealerships throughout Orange County, like high end stuff. And their their daughter, I believe. Richard Scott, by the way. Hey, what's going on, everybody? (laughs) Uh, Their daughter, I believe, um, hosted a Nazi party. Where there were wow. they were playing beer pong with swastika cups, wow. and you know they were performing it. They had the mustache, they had the goose step, you know, the mm-hmm. salute, zig heil everywhere mm-hmm. you turn. Um, by the way, I love the Jewish community. I am not um, advertising any of that. I just want to say I love y'all. Um, and this woman, sorry, this girl um, and her friends slaps on the wrist. They get 
uh, I think suspension, a couple weeks. You know, they're just children. They're right. just, um, you know, right. they don't see, know. See, this is my thing, right? Let's not try to get too political. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I'm not getting too political. I'm going to say two things. One thing about Jerry Jones of the time, and it reminded me about something I was thinking about yesterday when I was at the WGA thing. They're talking about the plan for <clears> the new contract. And there's a lot T- of. Tell us, what did you what did you learn? What did what? Well, the people, you know. What can you say? Let's put it that way. They didn't say, well, you know, like Chris Kaiser and David Goodman were like, just please don't disseminate what we're doing because we're trying to keep the the message on point to come from us, not from other sure. places. So I, I don't want to say too much. But something that, uh, but basically, the big, the big thing is about the streamers are going to be crying broke. <laughs> they're not. They're still, they're already on track to spend $30 billion on content this year. Right. And they're pushing down, they're pushing down writers' wages so that, and people think, oh, you make it blah blah blah. It's like you still, it's like writing can be a hobby or some freelance thing for for a lot of people, unless there's a big change. But the the thing I wanted to make is this, and it goes back to Jerry Jones and the swastika thing. There's there's people who were kind of grumbling about going on strike. Yeah. If you are complaining about going on strike. And you don't want to go on strike? Vote no. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's that simple, actually. In my mindset, <clears throat> because of this country mm-hmm. and its history and the ethos of it, you probably pro slavery back in the day. Damn. If you were talking about no strike Damn. now. That's a big jump. That's no, a very big jump. This, uh, uh, yeah, it, it's a big jump, but hear me out. Hear me out. Hear okay. me out, right? Rebuttal this motherfucker. Hear me out. <laughs> hear me out, right? I'm pulling back from the mic. <laughs> Here's my thing, right? This country. And this is how Chris was assassinated. Okay. <laughs> Happy country, Sunday, y'all. Happy Sunday. <laughs> this country battles, it constantly battles for free labor, right? This country was born on, it was is made on free labor. Every time there's a labor dispute, mm-hmm. the people who have money, they look for technology to take over and they can and people who get to keep working if they right. can get pushed lower and lower wages because right. it's all about making labor be free, sure. which is all about slavery. Right? These people, I mean, I was or some form of slavery. Some form of slavery. Sure, sure. Like like hey, I want free work. People talk about, you know, oh my god, like Kaiser and these people they're marxists and shit like mm-hmm. that. It's like no like all the people worry about is not that they're profitable, but that the profits have to be growing, <clears throat> and the profits have to be growing only at the expense of writers, sure. and storytellers, and you know this Chat GPT thing is gonna like probably like you know kill a whole bunch of careers, and I feel like that's why I feel like people who don't want to strike are down with you know they're pro slavery because essentially. They're pro money, they're pro capitalism, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Don't be part of the union then, if that's your thing. Because well, let me just ask you this. <clears throat> now we are talking writership, so this is still this cool. is writership. So, so because this shit's important. Now, I get where you're going with that to an extent. Um, my thought was this. People are worried about it. A lot of people are worried about it because let's just admit the majority of people in the guild, you know, when people like Rich who are around the corner from getting in the guild, right, are affected the most yeah. by us not working, 
not making pension and health, not getting insurance, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So those are the ones that are most affected. You know what I mean? <clears throat> They're the ones who are hurting the most. So they are definitely afraid of going on strike because that means the longer you're on strike, the longer there's no work. Everyone's going to be hurt from the strike. There's always strike problems with punishment. They were saying the other day, like some people, some people are going to be punished <clears throat> a lot more than others. The question is, do you want a career at all in this industry? It's not going to happen. Right. It's, it's, it means, I mean, you actually have, you actually have to, going forward, unless you're a well liked supervising producer and above, mm -hmm. this has to be a hobby for people, I think, unless mm -hmm. they make a change. Um, with how they're paying people, how they're like, you know, just just the whole way that the that the industry, the whole way the writing is set up, is it's completely broken, you know, in terms of like just getting paid, like um, staying on staff, you know, is all. I mean, like, just, I'll, I'll I'll give you my, I'll give you my thing for example, right? I got on my show, mm -hmm. uh, story editor, right? Uh, <clears throat> I was told up front. I'd be on the show for the duration of the show. Right. Um, I, I was told that the that that there was going to be an extension put in my contract. There was going to be be exercised as soon as it was time. I didn't. What does that mean? As soon as it was time. As soon as my twenty weeks were over, okay. they were supposed to click. They were extend me for yeah. another fourteen weeks. Right. To me, you know, huge perk in taking the job. Mm -hmm. You know, huge perk taking the yeah. job. Who wouldn't do that? Right, you know, yeah. plus the plus the two seasons. Yeah. But when it came down to it, the people were the people over at um, um, Universal were like, "We're not going to extend it," you know, because they don't want to. Mm -hmm. They don't have to, and they think it's and and the, and the thing is, they they act like that's a lot of money. <laughs> it's not a lot of money. It's nothing. It's, re it's, yeah. it's really no money. I mean, there was a woman <clears throat> there. I, I don't want to get too much, but to me, it's it's all about. Will there be a film like a career in the film? I mean, this, someone was saying the other day they already sat down with a company that present. This is what's so fucked up. I don't want to hear your new idea. I want IP from you, a pitch of my IP, or even worse, Chat GTPT. You know, whatever the AI. Mm -hmm. It came up with some ideas that we want to run by you. What? Can you pitch on our ideas that are generated by the AI? Wow. See, so that's why it's, you know, I've been saying this. I've, I've been saying this since last summer. And I've been saying the thing about, about the AI. It's over. It's, it's over the way people think about it. It's really over. And, you but, know. The but, here's, but here's my thing, though. And you can jump in, Rich. Here's my thing about the whole AI thing. I love what it does. You know, for decks and all that shit. Like, I mean, it's fucking amazing. I have not yet read a script, and I haven't met too many people who have read an actual script that it's written, if there even are any yet. Um, but there's one thing it can never do: is give you heart. It can't give you heart. I don't know what that. How? It can heart learn. I don't see how it can Megan learn to learned. give you heart. Megan learns. It's gonna give you. I know. I just saw Megan last night. <laughs> it's gonna give you a generic version of it. That's what, but here's the thing. That's what we get in eighty percent of the shows anyway. Yeah. Right, right now. Yeah. There That's a, laziness too. So there's well, a, yeah. there's a woman who said they had the Chat GPT 
wrote a eulogy for her father mm -hmm. that her son gave. So the son at the funeral spoke about the grandfather. Mm -hmm. it's, not, it's not something he wrote. It's something that the computer generated for him. Crazy. They had people crying at the fucking church. I don't think that's hard. I don't think that part of it is hard. That's why it's I'm hard. talking about character. I'm not talking about uh, pros. And you yeah. know, and you know this from writing. You know, um, uh, what do you call them? Things for the press and all that other stuff. And you're like trying to get to them to make sure they understand. Go ahead. Well, uh, no, sorry, I don't. Let me not devalue speech writing because I think speech writing, um, respectfully, if when done right, has tons of heart. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, oh, I'm oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. I don't, I don't know if Chad whatever the AI system can do that. Um, I think I'm saying we're all at a funeral. We're in an emotional state. Yeah. If I tell you a story about somebody and how they mean something to me, you're going to take it They're and, be, and feel, feel a certain it's way. not hard to do. But, but writing a script and making a character do something in a way that you've never seen that makes you I, feel emotional is different. I think, okay, I, think, so I think that really quickly, I think what Chris is saying is that that's the whole point of AI is to learn to get to that point. And so, okay, that's fair. That's fair. I think in the way that AI learns, it's exponentially greater than where computers were just even five years ago. Yeah. So we're at a point now where, I mean, there are rumors that a certain top two tech company had to shut down a project because really? the shit got too real. Really? Yeah, <laughs> well, there, there are some. There yeah. are people. My friend, like mm -hmm. when I lived in the Val Silicon Valley for a bit, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, there are there were chirpings about, hey man, there's something going on down the street. <laughs> where hey some terminator shit almost happened <laughs> and if you know you know uh maybe start building your bunker now but i think i think that's the issue at hand here is that all the computer is going to learn the question is now and this is what i feel and maybe mm -hmm. i'm delusional but now it says okay not just are you talented but are you special right as a human being because now the the computer has the talent but are you special enough to be able to go in and mine and find something deeper that a computer can't? And that's, you know, the that's, classic yeah. story. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Maybe that's, maybe that's a no, version no, of no, it. No, no, no. That's your, that's, that's, I mean, I don't because you off, but I think that's exactly what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. You know, there's this book I, was, I read a couple years ago. It was called The 80-20 Rule. Right. And, I, and, and like... I feel that's what's going to hit the like the the it's going to hit the Explain writers. Explain that to people again. So it's something you know. So the whole thing about the eighty twenty rule <clears throat> is that you know. Have you heard this word? I've read the book. Okay. Yeah. So it basically, twenty percent of your inputs give you eighty percent of your outputs, which means that eighty percent of the stuff that you're doing only gets you twenty percent of the results that you have. If you and and then and you can apply that to a whole other different type of things. Yeah. I think that in the film, I think in the writing industry, what what that means is eighty percent of the people who are working are going to be pushed out, and it's only going to be and it's going to be the top twenty percent of the people hmm. who deliver eighty percent of, of 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 the work, and 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 also the meaningful work is going to you know like being be existing. So that basically means all those people who are kind of like who are, who are mediocre writers. Mm -hmm. Done, you know. Hey, can I say something? Just one, 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 last, one last thing. <clears throat> like I've said a few times before, I I got notes from people who were saying there's like three types of writers in the mm -hmm. rooms. You know, there's the person who's good on the page, person who's good in the room, person who's good in the who's good on the page, and in the room. Right. The the person who's good on the page gone. The person who's good in the room gone. You have to be good on the page and in the room yeah. because 
if you look at it, it's just, it's, there's no room for that anymore. Yeah. But but that's the way it should be, right? And I think for me, I I think there are a lot of other systems that are better than the one we have here. Yes. Yeah, for sure. However, I will say this. As someone who's had to build a career off of merit because I haven't been given much or people don't see me as the thing, mm-hmm. um, they see me as something. But typically, it's not what I want. As someone who's had to build a career off merit and has witnessed people who don't have merit but have you know relationship or who have just honestly, sure. they just are not threatening. I know so many people who just aren't threatening, who are good enough. Yeah. That people are like, I like you and I don't have to worry about you. Yeah. And they build careers yeah. off of that. But yeah. they usually have something. They're not just so many, like Chris was saying, good on the page, good yeah. in the room. They probably have We're not one saying they're talentless. We're saying they're right. solid. But they have something that keeps them working exactly. all the time. Yeah. Exactly. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, look. They might have good ideas. They might have whatever. So Which is yeah, it's good. So, you know. I think so, the inherent problem here is that we. We devalue. Hum- humans devalue one another. We devalue sure. labor. We devalue ideas. We devalue existence. Sure. And that is the problem. And I think that this is a root of it. And, it's, you know, unfortunately, it's um, it's going to be up to folks to either say no and to say we have built this industry based on heart, based on humanity, based on this, or to choose money. And we'll see what happens. Money typically wins. But my hope money is usually, well, Wall Street's well, taking over Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, because I mean, here's, here's the thing that you're saying about the script. There was a rumor, I think in, tw- in the fourth quarter of 2021, there was a movie on Netflix. Mm. I, I don't remember what it That's is. Right. I did hear that. That was, that was basically designed by AI, That's you know, right. and it didn't do well. Right. But you know, but whatever. It's on Netflix, so most of the stuff on there doesn't do well. But 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 that's only because because because. But they proved the concept yeah, that it, it could happen. Someone yeah. somewhere yeah. in Kansas or Missouri or hell, even Los Angeles, is like that is the best fucking movie of twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah, it deserves yeah. awesome consideration. Someone's saying that. But but again, if you think about the, the Netflix and and if you use the damn fucking the damn eighty twenty rule. 80% of their shit is garbage and there's 20% that's actually fucking amazing. Right. You know, but but you look at it, you're like 20, 80% that's a lot of fucking money they're burning. Of course. Mm-hmm. Well, let me just say this and this is something, a lesson I've had to really learn and um, take hold of as things have gotten a little tougher for me in the past six months. I think taking the 80-20 principle into consideration, I had to look at how my days were and how I was functioning and my inefficiency. Explain that. Sure. So, 80-20 principle, like Chris said, essentially like... 20% of your out so 20% of your output determines like the outcome. Right. So what I looked at was like how am I spending my time? Mm-hmm. And what am I doing? Right. And what I found is that I would run from the most important thing of the day. Hmm. Whatever the burden is, you do chores, you know, and you run errands, you right. you you have this list of things to do. Now, you avoid. Exactly. I'm on gu- the list. I'm guilty of that. On yeah. the list, you have I need to develop my series bible (laughs) i need to finish act two i need to you know work out if Mm -hmm. fitness is a big thing which for me it's like a big thing for me right now so i find myself waking up in the morning and oh i'm gonna foam roll and do emails and so i wake up at 6 30 or 7 but Mm -hmm. now by the time i start it's 8 15 8 30 (laughs) you know what i mean and Mm -hmm. then like you work out see okay but here here's the thing i this is I, I still want to talk about the thing in Orange County, the Nazi thing, but I, something, <laughs> something interesting about that I want to talk about. But I'm reading this book right now. You should read it. It's called 
uh, uh, indistractable. Okay. So it's written by a guy who used to work in a social media company. Uh, he talks about how we deal with distraction. Right. And, and it's like, you know, like I suffer from the same thing you do. I, I plan my day a lot. I do the time boxing a lot. So I'm going to do this for this couple hours, this for maybe 90 minutes or 20 minutes. And may, the thing that he's talking about is we procrastinate to avoid pain. Mm. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was fucking fascinating. Mm, that's deep. And, yeah, really. It, that's you know, a teacher. It's, it's one of the yeah. primary <laughs> indicators of depression, yeah. procrastination. Okay. Yeah, but the main, you procrastinate because you're like, how, you know, how do I approach this project? What am I going to do? Is it too big? Like, you know, <clears throat> like, you know, what is this doing for me? Right. You know, and, and so the th- thing is, if you start dividing and, t- and scheduling yourself, your day, based upon your values of what you want to be, then you can say to yourself, I'm going to get up. I'm going to do the foam rolling and the working out because that because that's a priority for, 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 like, like for, for me physically, my internal value, so I can then perform better when I get to do this, right? Oh, for me, it's not about performance. I just want to have a God body by the summer. I'm trying to get wife up. <laughs> but see, look. See, I'm just kidding. No, 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 no but that's You're fine. Right. But look, 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 look. Sometimes it's personal. No, no, but no, but, selfish. But here's right? the thing. It's that's a value, value of you yeah, have, yeah, yeah, a, yeah. a value of who you want to be. <laughs> look, I mean, look, you know, like I'm in the same way. Like, I, look, you know what? I got to get up and I got to fucking do the damn exercise. I got to do it. And, and the, the thing I got to myself is I said, the th- thing is, is that this other book I was reading about, you can't say to yourself, "I gotta exercise." What you say to yourself is, "I get to exercise." Oh, it's perfect. I yes. get to get the ability to do this to my body to, to get to give me understand. The thing, the thing, there's always this shit that's popping around. The, the thing that you need to think about is, do the time boxing for and figure and figure out when are you optimal in your brain to do the work that you got to do. Correct. So it's like, okay, look, I'm, so like the thing that the thing that you want to do is you want to get up <clears throat> and prep for the day and then be at the damn computer, like writing, let's say at nine, right? You want to write for, for an hour and a half and then take your break. But maybe you're like, I can't, it's just things are getting in the way and, and maybe my brain is not fully engaged till noon. So then say to yourself, I'm doing all this stuff in the morning that I need to get done because you got to get it done the errands, the working out, the blah, 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 the eating right, everything like that. And then say at 12 to 1.30, I'm going to be working on the Bible. Right. And that's it. And then, I, and you know what? I'm, and, 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 and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm putting phone on airplane mode and doing all this shit for that, for that, for that 90 minutes. But after that, you figure out like, you know, there's the rest of your day. It could be lunch. And then, you, and, 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 and then usually for me, there's always a second wind around like 5.30 my brain is back on I can like work again for another two or three hours but the, but if I try to work in those other times I struggle to like stay focused and blah 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 because I've done do other shit so it's so to me I just think it's it's the pressure you have to think about what's the pain that you're trying to alleviate yeah and then it helps you with the procrastination I think for me it's like the way I've addressed it is like um do the hard thing first yeah mm. that's that's my big yeah. thing for this year 2023 like I've made a lot of bad poor horrible choices that Hilliard's mm-hmm. been a part of <laughs> one of them one of them was a two-year relationship that wound up having me relocate <laughs> relocate back anyway i know you went up to fucking the bay area man <laughs> listen they got so many blazers up there like y'all lucky i came back <laughs> oh my god they got nothing but sweeties running around i'm just like in love anyways um no but seriously i think for me i 
you know, even in January, like you make your, I didn't make, I don't make resolutions, but you kind of, you want to know what your year is going to look like. And then I took a look at January and I was like, huh, wildly still productive, but still pretty inefficient. How can we switch it? And so for me, I was like, okay, I'm going to wake up at 4 a.m., 5 a.m. And mm-hmm. what that does is it forces me to go to bed at 10. What mm-hmm. that does is it now forces me, like Chris said, not to piss away that back half of the day because mm-hmm. you take it for granted because, you, oh, I can go to bed at 1 or 2. No, no, exactly. no. I now have to be up at 4 or 5. Because, to me, you need structure. Exactly. Go ahead, go ahead. And that's the reason why some people join the military. Yeah. I, I have fraternity brother who I love dearly. We, we're estranged, but it's cool. It's life. But, you know, for years... He was like, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. Mm. I'm going to go join the military. And I was like, wait, you're 30. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I know, but I don't I don't know. And what that gave him was structure, rules, guidelines to follow. And if right. he does that, he's going to get a certain amount of pay. He's going to go certain places. Mm-hmm. And he's going to have a certain quality of life. And for him, it was worth the trade-off. Um, I think the biggest drawback for writers, especially uh, people like me in this society post-COVID, mm-hmm. we're not post-COVID, we're still in the pandemic, but on the fringes of the end of it, I think the hard thing is we had so much time on our hands in 2020 through 2021, 2022, mm-hmm. where you had the blessing, the benefit of mm-hmm. a whole day without, without structure, structure, without structure, no urgency. Exactly. So, yeah. And now we're back to a time where it's like, no, no, no there's urgency again. Yeah. There's time. And so it's like, how do you get back to living yeah. how you were four years ago when you spent the past two to three to four years kind of, eh, pissing mm-hmm. through some of it so. well you know the, the, the thing is is about the structure and it's like I was reading something the other day um, this great mantra if you don't define your time someone will waste it for you that's true, <laughs> that's true. you know that's true. So what happens someone yeah. will come call you all this kind of shit that's why that's why I said when mm-hmm. I'm writing the phone goes on airplane mode I don't want any fucking distractions mm-hmm. you know I, I don't care who it is yeah. you know because um, it's so because it's so precious I don't get the time back so you know what's crazy a, oh, sorry. I'm sorry oh, I was just going to say this so Rich you know this and I don't know if I've talked to you about this Chris but you know I was before I took this job working with Ben <clears throat> you know I've, I've noticed you know my husband you know lost his brothers you know blah 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 so he had noticed he's been super depressed so I was considering you know packing up and going to Scottsdale with him and just coming back and forth and um. So over Thanksgiving, we're sitting there in the hot tub, and I looked at him, and I realized, you know, he's put on some weight. You know, have a little bit of drink every once in a while, and I was like, Ugh. so I just said, we need to have a talk, and talking about structure. I'm Mr. Structure. Mm-hmm. You talk to me at three o'clock. I'm probably doing the same thing I did yesterday. Mm-hmm. You ask me what I ate. I ate the same sandwich I had yesterday. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm that brother. Like, be you know me, Rich. Same shit yep. right now. <laughs> but I had to learn how to do that. Yeah. Where I'm going. So we're sitting yeah. in the tub and I said this. I said, look, I said, I know you went through all this stuff. I know you're depressed. I know it's like to lose to lose a brother. I know it's like to lose two in a year. I says, but you got to fight. You need some yeah, you sort of structure, you know. And what happened was, and I'm, you know, I'm telling this business, but this is we all family on here. And I, I consider, you know, the audience family. Every shade ain't perfect, right? So so I told him, I said, um, I said, um, I'd asked him, oh, so he was getting his license there because he's going to sell the house. So yesterday and today were the first two days he's doing open house awesome. on the house. It's fucking gorgeous. And so um, I said, how many hours do you have? Because he had to get a new license there in Phoenix. 
And I think he had like 20 something. It had been like three or four months since he started. And like 23 hours, I was like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? He needed 90. I was like, I would have had that in two weeks. You know, I listened to five, six books a month. You know what I mean? Like, and I still work all day yeah. and read six scripts. You know what I mean? How bad do you want it? You know oh, I mean? that's the question. Yeah. You feel me? But yeah. my structure allows me to do that. Yeah, see, I make the time. And I still find time to go to the gym for 30 see, minutes. See, here's the thing. People bristle thinking that structure Let me just end this last a, thing. He ended up getting it in two weeks. Congratulations. Great. And uh, you know amazing. what I said to him? He came back to town. He was about, I'm sorry, he was about to head there to go get his license. And I said, thank you for fighting. So, you see what I mean? So yeah. And sometimes it takes sometimes yeah, well, it takes goading. You know, yeah, so that's well, awesome. I mean yeah. I mean the the thing is is that you gotta fight for what you want. You have to be aware. the thing about the structure is people bristle at it. Like I was reading something again in this book, the instructable about about like two thirds of Americans don't use a schedule. Right? Wow. Yeah. And it's like, oh that's fucking makes so much sense. Why yeah. the motherfuckers are at the room a lot of people are depressed, they're upset, they're at the room of other people, they they're they're reactive. The thing is is that structure actually gives you freedom. Totally. People don't see it. They don't see that. Yeah. It gives you the freedom to yeah. do, oh I get to do my shit now. I get to right. do my I'm free to do it now. Right. As opposed to when do I have the time to fucking write my script? Well, when do I, I have think, time to do the motherfucker I don't know. Well I think the also the big thing is and this is something that a lot of people don't talk about is like a lot of the populace, they don't have direction. A lot of people are existing, they're not living. And I don't say that to be rude or elitist, it's true. I mean, I can't tell you, you know, I went on a date with someone mm -hmm. and it was the first time in a long time I've been on a date and I was like super stoked because like, you know, it seemed like we clicked she asked me out, which mm -hmm. I was like, oh shit, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, very grateful. Um, and you know midway through she she exhibited some things not exhibited, she said some things that were similar to someone else that i dated and mm -hmm. i didn't honor what that person said before and Ooh. put up that hey no go right. i'm okay <laughs> this time around i was like holy shit okay i get it and that's maturity to me yeah yeah it's yeah. tough though because she's yeah. tall and fine and just <laughs> oh my god like great funny as hell uh -huh. <sighs> anyways um but this, I got <laughs> this Negro right yes, here. Yes, this N word. <laughs> let me listen. Okay, this N word. It is no, no. Let N word. Me, let me say this. Let me say this as someone who has spent <laughs> as someone who has spent the past two and a half years recovering from an abusive relationship. That's true. Relocating uh, after being cut off from family and friends for about a year and a half. Crazy. Starting a business. Like literally starting a production company, writing, almost dying, almost dying, <laughs> starting three shows, like right. writing three shows. Like I'm sorry, I haven't been on like a real date in a long time, and like it's cold, and like a nigga miss cuddling. Like I miss. Yeah, no, I, and look, I'm in the same boat, dude. I'm in the same boat. And let me tell you something. I want to be Little Spoon so bad. Like there's nothing like having. There's nothing like having like a sexy ass girl with her soft yeah, ass tits. Just on like yeah, yeah. you know, you were like. Yeah. You know for sure, for sure, dude. For sure. So, so just let me have my moment. My sadness, apologies to the woman out there. <laughs> no, I love y'all. No, this is not. This is not like this is. I'm not demeaning at all. I'm just saying, like, I miss having a significant other who I care about, who enthusiastically and consistently, lovingly embraces with me. Uh, that's a real thing. That's a that's real, real thing. thing. I'm it not is. marginalizing anyone. Right. But like, but I, what I will say is that, like, you know, a lot of folks out here mm -hmm. feel that way. They don't know what they want to do so right. they go to work and they exist they go to their job they go home they watch tv 
rinse, repeat. Maybe somebody might work out because yeah. they want to stay fit. Maybe right. someone might, you know, have a hobby, but like they're the passion, the drive just isn't there for a lot of folks. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's scary um, to a lot of people is like, right. what do I, if I schedule my day, <laughs> what am I scheduling it for? Right. I still haven't even figured that out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, and then of course that comes with pressure and expectation and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it's rough out here. It's rough out here. I think we, we, there's, there is, put it this way. When I started getting really structured, I don't know, 12 years ago is when things change. When I started writing more scripts, when I started <clears throat> learning more of my craft, because it was forcing me to do more things because I made more time for it. You know what I mean? Whereas, but some things do get neglected, you oh, know? Yeah. Like for example, I might've went to the gym for an hour and a half. Now I go in for like 30 minutes. So I'm not gonna look the way I was doing before. <laughs> you know you what I'm saying? Great. But because I maintain by eating the way I eat though. Eating is more important than working out. Eh. It's true. Eighty percent of nutrition, nutrition and sleep. Is nutrition more and sleep are more important than working out. <laughs> as true. someone, as someone who's been a workout fiend my whole mm-hmm. life, if I had eaten clean when I was when I first moved out here, like literally, I had a personal trainer and I just come back from Russia and mm-hmm. I I came out to UCLA and I had a personal trainer. <laughs> God, I sound like a douchebag. Anyways, <laughs> I had a personal trainer when I was in grad school at Harvard, and I had a personal trainer at UCLA when I was out here for summer school, and they both said the same fucking thing. You have the genetics that people would kill for. And I don't mean like in a pretty way. I mean right. like from a training aspect. If you eat well, mm-hmm. you could be a competitive bodybuilder because of the way that your body reacts. Ron McCants would, would, would fucking teach you yeah. a lot. Of, a lot of people you. can't get you as big as you can mm-hmm. get if you wanted to. Like, exactly. You, you naturally have I am natu- I naturally look like a fucking action figure and it sucks. Because <laughs> the roles don't go to guys who... No one... No, here's a, I, let's what roles? You, let's let me, let me, let's, let me tell you the story real quick. Are you trying to be an actor? You, I, 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 I am, to be an actor? I started as an actor. actor. Let me tell you the story real quick. That's what he was doing in Russia. He was acting. Yeah, I was acting. I was I was performing at the Moscow Art Theater in the American Repertory Theater. I'm a really fucking great actor. Yeah, he's so, a trained actor. No, one of, one of the best. Uh, I just I, I couldn't. Up here with Stanislavski and shit like that. No, <laughs> no. Let me say that. Can I say this? Let me Go tell ahead. you this right here, right now. I have sat in this seat. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Where Stanislavski right. directed <laughs> the seagull. I remember you told, I have remember you told us. Touched that. the desk where Chekhov wrote <laughs> the seagull and the three sisters. Mm-hmm. I legitimately like let me just say this real quick and i'll shut up i know i'm digressing but one thing that pisses me off is the wave of british actors who come here oh boy and shit on the american actor well i got something to say about that that's fine you can say whatever you want because as one who's trained i have kin folk at the some of the better acting schools and some of the lesser acting schools american acting schools are fucking dope they are dope they're fucking amazing but let me tell you something i'm not this is something that's you know okay so there's a controversial thinker he's a he's a he's a he's a linguist professor at columbia his name is john mcwarder uh he's one of these like um uh heterodox thinkers right he has something very interesting to say about acting in america like black actors in america He's, is he black? He's black. Okay, I was about to say. He's like, like, <laughs> um, he, like he, he's in his mid fifties. Okay. He said that, um, Hollywood didn't accept a black actor 
an American black actor to be a lead until Sidney Poitier. Mm-hmm. But Sidney Poitier is from the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. He's not an American black. Mm-hmm. So I feel there's more of a I some is the is the the structural racism in this country. Harry Belafonte. <laughs> Harry Belafonte. Yeah. It's it's set up in a way where they're more comfortable with non-American blacks. The assumption it, is that there's a lack of depth, and that's the thing. That's okay. Look, that's the line. That's the line they used. Just like they say, oh, you know, hey, white, you know, like male writer. Mm-hmm. So they're not hiring you because they need someone black right now, or they need someone woman right now, right. as opposed to you weren't good enough. This the line they say. The, and and this, there is enough depth. The thing is, I feel they're more comfortable. I think the casting director more comfortable when the guy comes in speaking British English and is all more polished and shit like that than dude who's rolling it from, from Kansas City. I think that. And I feel like if you look at the Sidney Poitier thing. I think it's more intrigue. Set the stage for, oh, we don't need to let, like, I mean, like, the, the American blacks were the American blacks who did the, the exploitation films. You know, I wonder if it has a little bit of exotic. There is some. To there's it. yes. There's you some exoticism I mean? to it. Yeah. It's not about all oh, y'all motherfuckers can't act. I met a lot of great. Look, Wendell Pierce is fucking whooping everyone's ass. Oh my god, yeah. he's fucking. They are. Amazing. He's whooping everybody's ass playing fucking Woody. Or I think it's done now, but he did Death of a Salesman last fall mm-hmm. as fucking and he's it. he's playing he's playing Willie Loman mm-hmm. killed it. He's saying to himself for I, most of his life. A black man can't play, can't play fucking, is not going right. to get a chance to play Willie Loman. Right. But it had played in fucking, but, but you know what? It played in England first with him being black before it came here. Right. It almost needed that, right. that stamp of approval. We need a proof of concept first. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. obviously the, the answer is obviously racism. I mean, but, like, <laughs> but it's not. But, but see, but it's, it's, it's different racism because it's like. This racism in, in England, but they're giving sure. them the people that's different opportunities. But it's American racism, Chris. That's, that's, what I'm that's the context. That's what I'm saying. American yeah, yeah. racism. Let me is bring crazy. something up. Oh, 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 Let me bring something up. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna Let me bring something. This is important. This is important. Here's something we forget. Let's take England. I'm not sure if it's the same in France or whatever, because there's lots of brothers that are trained there too. You know, we've seen Lupin and them dudes are dope, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Here's what I'm saying. The thing that we forget in England, they have so many resources that allow children, right. as you move into your A levels yeah. and all that other shit, you move up and you can you could go to yeah. you know to school. theater school, school and all this stuff, it's and a, it's taken care of. It's an, it's we an, have to make a choice. It's an acceptable profession I was, to I was, do this. I was fortunate enough in high school. The reason why I, I honestly, the reason why I haven't quit on writing on arts on anything is because I went to a high school where we were fortunate enough where the arts were prioritized <laughs> just as much as sports. Right. So you were like that last generation before they cut that shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I grew up I grew up in I grew up in um Calvert middle Calvert County, Maryland, which is yeah. southern Maryland. It's very conservative, but I was fortunate enough to go to a school where we were arguably the best in the state and one of the best in on the East Coast when right. it came to theater. Like for us, if you were part of our theater program and you bought into the system, just like football, the reason why I chose football over, sorry, theater over basketball was because I was like, I can actually go to our theater program and know that my professor is going to help me get a full ride right. or a 50% ride. Like I, I was not going to have to pay for school and I wound up getting a theater scholarship. <laughs> and so for me, 
I don't understand that. Like, and I, I understand I'm different. Like, we've had this conversation. Yeah. I think like a rich white man. <laughs> and it's problematic. <laughs> I do not have that underdog mentality. Just, even when Hillier tried to coach me on it, I tried it in my interview or my meeting. I couldn't even lie, bro. I tried the whole, like, I could never believe. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, nigga, please. <laughs> but but I, I, so I guess for me, what I'm trying to say, I need to eat some humble pie. Look, mad respect to the British actors. I think they've... I mean, let's be real. Their performances are fucking spectacular. However, mm-hmm. I, the problem, and this is always the issue, it's not us versus black Britons or black no, Caribbean. it's not them. It's the system itself that Correct. sucks that says that we are not good enough. Well, see, yeah. but see, he, he, here's the thing too, right? I remember I saw a, uh, there was a, maybe seven, eight years ago, there was something that was, it was some BBC things where they were getting actors to just read Shakespeare stuff, just talking head in a, on, a, on, a, on like a black background. And uh, Chibito Ejiofor did a scene uh, from like As You Like or something like that, you know, like the one of the leads. Or, and I was like, this motherfucker's killing it in this scene. Another but, break. Another break. But, but <laughs> right? the, point of, the point I'm making is it's a big deal for Wendell Pierce to play Willie Loman Huge. as a black man. Huge. And so the, the difference is, is that the roles that could be for anybody are... Was that an all-black cast? What? I can't remember. Mm-hmm. What? Wendell's... Yeah. yeah. The, uh, yeah. Of, okay, and apparently, apparently there was an audience member who mm-hmm. like just went batshit. Yeah, th- there was. Really? Yeah, that thing. And he like calmed her down and was able to like talk her down because she was like ruining the show. Wait, explain to me what happened. I don't know. Oh, there was something, there was, there was something on, on Twitter <laughs> where like... This, some black woman and her and her husband got like you know a black woman did it you know like got like I don't know like seats in the first ten rows or something like that mm-hmm. and somehow they were screaming about something what? and he like stopped the play oh they were arguing at each other he, well, they, they were no, they, they were, were talking loud somehow maybe talk I don't I don't know because the the, the the video was was already after Wendell has started talking them down okay. but he like stopped the play in the middle of the play and like had to address them and talk them off their ledge wow. and then get them to leave because they were like disrupting everything. Sure. And and, and, he, and he was like, I will pay for your ticket, your refund. Right. Probably like $500 a I'm ticket, sure. a, a piece or whatever. So he's, but whatever. Mm-hmm. But, he, but he's like, you're disrupting this shit, get the fuck out of here, bitch. You know, is, 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 you know what, if you want your money, I'm gonna give Life you, I'm, I mean, that's what it is. But, 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 but the, the point I'm making is there was a version of Othello done with Patrick Stewart, mm. where Patrick Stewart played Othello. Did he do it in blackface? And shit? No, 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 no. He played white, and everyone else was black. Mm. Ah. So it's a black Iago, a black, you know, a black Desdemona. But I'm saying, this, and they did it in England because yes, there's racism, mm-hmm. but they're not so confined about the race swapping that, and they go. Oh, it's interesting what it maybe approaches differently. Right. Now the thing I bring this up is because <laughs> a lot of times people. Over here, they don't consider giving black people roles that are traditional white roles. You know, like right. hey, like hey, let's do a version of of the Crucible with all black people in it, right. or let's do a, you know, or, or whatever I, it I is. Like, the issue, like they don't do stuff like that. And I think the so, issue. Wait, for, just let me just, say this. Just last last thing. Last thing. So my point is, most black actors in use in the stage might not get the the fucking leading role work to let them really flex their muscle. 
because mm. they're not they're not a, this unless it's some regional shit that's not going to get seen. I think, and I think for me as someone who's been able to perform at like high end theaters and repertory, me too. Yeah, yeah, I've been I, to NCT I, and all yeah. that shit too. Yeah, I think for me it's not about playing the lead role; it's about having a role. Mm. Um, <clears> I became disillusioned with the with acting specifically from one event where I was up for a film role and it was a horror movie of course and go in kill the audition um, the original one came back to meet with producers right everyone apparently cast director raved about me in this role now the role was for Steve right the nerdy annoying kid <laughs> that's who, so you who loves who <laughs> loves like the hot woman <clears throat> who can't you know the classic right. simp thing mm -hmm. So I go in now, mind you, at this point, I'm six foot, 210 pounds, like just stepped off of playing the set of playing a Marine in some other movie. And I go into the audition and the director sees me. This is my third audition. And he was like, ah, you know what? Oh, he saw right the minute you walked in. He goes, I want you to read Dante. Hmm. Of course, Dante's black football. Of course, what is that name? Dante. <laughs> Dante's Dante's black football player, who exactly. of course gets killed in like the sixth scene. Exactly. And at this point, I'm like, he didn't care about my training. He didn't care about my performance. He didn't even care about the tape. He didn't mm -hmm. care about the fact that three other people sitting beside him, helping him make this project, said this kid is Steve. Mm -hmm. He was just like, oh, this big nigga right here. <laughs> <laughs> He's Dante. Right. Well, that's, 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 uh, that's, but that's what I'm saying. But, 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 but so, so it's, it's not a question. Again, it's not, I'm not saying you have to have the leading role, but you would look, you would probably kill to look. I don't have to be Hamlet, right? I might want to be, you know, Polonius. I might want to be, a, 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 you know, someone on that level as opposed to testimony. Yeah, you know, as opposed to just a guard. <laughs> yeah, you know, because hey, it, and that that and that's my whole thing is that they're not gonna is that um, um, American people have a very hard time not seeing black people in the way that they expect to see oh, black let me, people. Let, that's I can I can attest to this uh, in both the political arena and in writing. When I worked in <laughs> politics. You know the opening, um, the opening scene of my new show, Princes of Maryland, literally is verbatim oh, what right. happened. I was in a restroom in a full suit, full suit in a restroom in um, God, Ocean City, Maryland, for this big conference. These two older white men walk in and start talking shit about my boss, who at that time was a lieutenant governor of Maryland. A brother. Brother, black mm -hmm. man. I mean, talking mad shit. And not only that, but talking about how they're going to play him. Mm. You say this, I'm going to say that. I'm going to tell him if he doesn't do this, fucking he's got to play ball because blah, blah, blah. I'm, in, I'm literally washing my hands. This motherfucker, <laughs> they step up next to me, both wash their hands, don't even acknowledge me. One guy flicks his fucking hands, gets the shit on my suit. Looking right through me, I'm fucking invisible. Mm. Five minutes later, we walk back out onto the floor, and what do I see? I see them walking up to me because I'm standing behind Lieutenant Governor on his right ear. Why? Because I'm his body man slash assistant slash the most powerful person in the room at that moment because mm. I determine who he speaks to, right. and I set the stage for the conversation. They don't know that I've memorized 
80 people at that event. I've memorized what 20 of those people are wearing and I've listened and stalked them to understand what they're talking about before they even talk to him so that I can brief him in the five seconds I have before they walk up to wow. him. And those guys walk up to you and that's say, a technique. It, but that's, here's the thing, but, but those guys walk up to you and you're like, fuck them because they try to play you. You know, that's, that's exactly, what, that's what she exactly, whispered. Exactly, exactly. And in that moment, I saw their faces melt. Mm. And that, I saw their faces melt and I saw them have to play ball hmm. and what i'm saying is like thankfully we now have people in positions more and more through diversity programs through just you know <clears throat> maturation of the industry where now we are going to see more people of color more black people more people from the lgbt community in these positions and what it takes more I mean, importantly i want to tell you so as somebody who sat behind casting for a lot of shows here's my issue and this is American, Canadian, I don't care who you are. Here's my issue as an actor. And I'm a bit of a theater nerd, so I always say that, right? So I'm prefacing that. If I look up your shit and all you have is a bunch of like scene study, <laughs> I'm like, I ain't got no respect for you. you but, oh, yeah. Things. You know what I mean? But when I see that you went to fucking, let's just use BAFTA, or you went to ACT, or you went to, you know, one of the big, you know, um, uh, Carnegie Mellon. I'm like, oh, I lean in, yeah, because I know what it takes, yeah, to get to that stage and to understand what it's like to be in a room and to understand that you know how to find your light. You understand upstage, downstage. You understand. You know what I mean? You understand because all those that people, stuff. Have, those people have put in the work. They put in the ten thousand hours. Yeah. And my issue, my issue has never been with the people that put in that work. Sure. Like the the people, whoever you are, if you've worked hard, worked your ass off. And you've built a resume that is just unfallible. Right. Hats off to you. I have people who are like enemies, personally. <laughs> I do not with you in the streets. But if it comes to working together, I've had to do it in politics. I've had to. I might have to do it creatively. <clears throat> Where it comes to working together, oh, I can't. I can't ever flout your resume. Like it is legit. And mm -hmm. because of that, I will work through whatever personal issues we have to get this done because sure. the greater good is the work. Sure. That's how I feel. But yeah. but my issue is, you know, I, I had a meeting with a showrunner once for a job. It was just an assistant job, guys. Mm -hmm. We're not talking like staff writer or anything yeah. like that. The person before me, I knew he was a friend. <clears throat> we met in school. He was amazing. Friend of yours. Yes, friend okay. of mine. He is amazing. He deserves everything. He's now working at um, High Level Writer on a show. Mm -hmm. I'm excited for him to have his own series one day. Right. He earned everything. White man. Essentially, this role, this assistantship is like, um, you know, it's an entryway track. People sure. get this job. They typically it's move It's a hard on. job to get. It's a hard job to get. Yeah. And typically with this person, they get the job and they move <laughs> on to bigger, better things. It's a fast track. Right. I noticed there was a certain profile of the people who had the job in the past. <laughs> Now, the things that they all had in common, they were smart, they were politically inclined, they performed well in school and out, and they had something about them that just made them stand out. They had a story, right? Mm -hmm. I go sit down for my meeting and he says the same thing. I'm looking for someone who's smart, looking for someone who has a story, looking for <laughs> someone who can communicate. I'm looking for someone who has an X factor. You're like, check, check, well, check. Rich can't communicate worth a damn, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> so, so I'm sitting there, like, he's like, I'm looking for someone who has like that story that they can tell that like no one else can because I'm gonna need to mine that from you right. when we're doing X, Y, Z. And so <clears throat> I don't get hired. 
okay, I can accept that. Mm-hmm. The person who did get hired directly out of college has got no story. <laughs> no story. Can't communicate. Can't, can communicate. They're good at that. I'll mm-hmm. give them that. But they're just milk toast. Like, I mean, just straight up bland, like warm almond milk. Unsweet. Not even vanilla. Not even vanilla. Unsweet and You know what I'm saying? Warm, tepid, room temperature. And you're just like, okay, so what's the difference? Because before you saw me, the resume got me here. Mm -hmm. But when you saw me, I've seen, my name is Richard Scott. I've walked into rooms where I see people's expectations of me, not meet what they see, and literally their faces drop. <clears throat> Richard Scott, he went to Harvard. Let's bring this guy in. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> he must be a nice wasp guy. Oh. Right? <laughs> oh. You're you? Is he related to the Scots from Nantucket? Or is, uh... No, no, no. Yeah, no, no. And I always tell them, oh, no, Scots from North Carolina, we um, own Scots barbecue sauce and the chain of restaurants, <laughs> the ones that don't serve black people. Hilarious. This This happened. I had a friend in college to come up to me. I was like, he's from Goldsboro, North Carolina, where my family's from. He's like, yo, Rich, my mom told me like not to really fuck with you like that. Yeah. I was like, what you talking about, bro? Like, I let you in my friend house. You know what I'm saying? You <laughs> stay with us when your house burned down. Like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. He was like, yeah, well, apparently like you're a Scot from Goldsboro and like y'all either pass for white or y'all are white. Damn. And y'all own restaurants and y'all don't let black people sit in y'all restaurants. <laughs> y'all will have people come to the back window. Wow. But black people don't tip, so I don't want my restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> they tip 10%. But like, <laughs> but I'm just kidding. Black people tip well. But um, yeah, and I was just like, holy fuck. Hmm. I was like, so that's a rumor. <laughs> nigga, that's the truth. I come from yeah. slave owners. Oh, <laughs> niggas who don't let niggas eat in their restaurants. <laughs> so when you talk about Richard underdog wow. shit, I'm like, nigga, that shit's not in my DNA. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sorry, I, I love oh black god. people. Oh Please don't take my black card. I had that shit taken at the Harvard NAACP. <laughs> I don't want it. I just got that shit back. Wow, don't take. My black but. Yes, you do need some humble pie. <laughs> I've had it. And here's the thing, though. You know, we were talking about that, the actors and stuff like that. I, I'm only talking about it from the context of the theater part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying, for, for, for far as we know, every actor that we know hasn't trained in theater, as far as we know. I don't know. Um, most of them have, as we see. Um, so I just get, I give credit to that across the board, by the way. Oh, yeah. I don't care who you are. As soon as I see, ooh, they studied at Carnegie, ooh, you know I, mean? I just go there. Yeah. And I do, are you the same thing with dancers? I'm like, ooh, they trained at such and such? Oh, okay. Oh, they got some skills. Oh, yeah. So it's the same thing. So I think a lot of casting directors are getting that too. If they've, if they've cast a Chiwetel in his first movie, for example, they remember the person they cast, or they're looking for another motherfucker like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you got to be putting that head on too of why they make these decisions. So the assumption becomes, oh, anybody out of BAFTA is dope. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Oh, yeah. To and, an extent. Yeah, and, but it's the same. It goes, I mean, and, I, and what I, I like to have empathy for folks, especially decision makers, because, you know, if when you make it personal against you, it just takes yeah. you in a very negative totally space. Totally agree. Totally agree. But when you think about any industry, any industry, you look at people who, like talent, of course, wins. Talent always wins. I think that's one of the reasons why Silicon Valley was pretty cool. Um, back in the 90s and early aughts is that like 
you could drop out of mm-hmm. your big name school. You could go to a middle of nowhere school, come out, and if you have a cool idea and execute it and right. bring it to market and prove it in a beta, you know what I'm saying, a yeah. delta, mm-hmm. you're a millionaire. Right. Any industry has a clearinghouse. Any industry, whether it's college football, college basketball, the NBA. I mean, you talk about working at <clears throat> law firms, law firms, business street. Yeah, you know, you have to have something. And talent always wins out. It might take time, but talent typically wins out. I believe that. So I think I just think a lot of people when I when it comes to American actors, American creators, black American creators, I think the issue is that unfortunately American racism has bled into painting them Absolutely. as less able. Absolutely. Well, I mean, if you think about American racism, it's like it's harmed the country so much. Like you know, to prevent to 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 mm-hmm. to prevent black people from making money, from from having any wealth keeps the country poor. Yeah. You know, it keeps the country poor. Where are they sacrificed you know, for some people? It, you know, it's, it's 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 interesting. But but you know what? I I just I it just I I wanted to say this thing about you said about the woman in Orange County with the Hitler thing oh, yeah. and like that. <laughs> like like millions yeah. were trying to distance us from that shit. <laughs> but no, but 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 this is what I wanted to say about this, right? I like lived in Germany for a little bit, and I was living with a family and the grandfather. Of uh, the the boy I was the host family thing I was with the boy the exchange student he was in the war you know I was asking him about it <laughs> and he it said something to me about he was like what people don't understand is were you there in the nineties eighties something the, the, it, in the late eighties right oh. around the fall right Although, yeah it was right before yeah. the fall yeah um, the thing is is you that, mean before the wall went down yeah, before, yeah, yeah, yeah the wall oh, went down okay, yeah. right. the thing is is that he was talking about how like. <laughs> Nobody understands the fear that that we lived in in the cities. Hmm. You don't know who's going to inform on you. Hmm. You don't know if you know if if you were. I mean, like if you're part of the party, party or not. Mm-hmm. You don't know who is not showing that who's not wearing their pin or are wearing their pin, or or someone who wants to curry favor and then you know turn you in. Right. And it's like <laughs> the thing that like Americans who like champion that shit don't understand is. Most y'all motherfuckers would be rounded up, even if you were down with it, because you do something that would make someone mad, and they turn you in. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's this level of like, there's a there's there's a paranoia and a fear that you know. It's like in the fifties and sixties where everybody was a communist and yeah. all that shit. Well, I mean, well, yeah, to a degree, mm-hmm. but you know, but 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 much much higher. Right, and you're sure. like, oh my god, like there was a life or death. Thing, yeah, there's yeah. a life or death thing. Right. And I mean, a friend of mine, he grew up. Um, he was telling me something about this one time. He grew up in Iraq, uh, you know, when, when like in the eighties when, when Saddam Hussein had amassed his power. Right. He was saying one time when he was like in third grade, mm-hmm. you know, one of his classmates <clears throat> said something about Hussein mm-hmm. about one of the kids, right. and next thing you know, that family disappears. Mm-hmm. Not because. The parents did anything wrong that anyone knew. 
but they knew if the kid said that because it's mm-hmm. being spoken that it's being uh-huh. they, it's, they're, they're 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 spoken at home and he's just hearing what is happening from the voices home. of children yeah right? yeah <laughs> so so there's that level of paranoia that people don't get so people who are like all excited about but where does watch that be nazis motherfucker you don't know mm-hmm. you just want to like like cherry pick what you think is cool for, for what you right. think believe in but you don't want to there's to live into that type of fear is the type of fear that blacks lived under doing jim crow mm-hmm. where if you do the wrong thing say the wrong thing the wrong person in power you're done houses burned right. or you're lynched or anything like that I mean, that so so black people understand that these other yeah. white people are just like there's it's just they're wearing the costumes they think they think it's it's provocative motherfucker sure. you'd be the first person. Yeah, it's like being punk rock during the day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You'd be the first person <laughs> yeah. that they put in the camp because you would have said something stupid. Right. You know, not knowing. Yeah. Anyway. I, I, I think for me, and I don't know what it's like to grow up in civil rights era, Jim Crow era. Um, the only time I've ever lived without actual rights is when I was in Moscow. And things went down. I won't bore everyone with long stories, but things went down where, like, I'm lucky to have my life. For sure. I'm lucky to have my freedom. And, you know, I tell this funny story to people all the time as part of my introduction, but like there's some real stuff that happened to me where like I I was literally under watch. Right. And I didn't know this, but had it gone left, I may not be here. Mm-hmm. And that's not hyper hyperbolic. I think for me, I'll never forget the Lufthansa flight when I flew back to the United States. <laughs> we landed in Boston. I um I didn't really appreciate um a Bill of Rights civil rights history women's suffrage you don't really appreciate that stuff mm-hmm. until you go somewhere where it hasn't happened right and so for me as a person of color especially in this country understand what it's like to be you know i'm still a cis straight black man so there's a level of privilege i have that a lot of people don't have sure. but to know that i'm still like a, a pretty distant far off third fourth fifth from like the upper crust of america right. it's like you know um having the appreciation for what i do have here um it is nice to know that like I, more than likely i won't be just kidnapped off the streets or taken out of a it's classroom just, just grab here's, a, here's, just a, grab. here's an interesting thing this is uh, totally i know we're all subject, but this is just interesting it's just human human thing i remember i don't know 15 20 years ago when my older brother who's still alive was telling me about how at some point he was like i never told you this but i I was always uncomfortable with the fact that you were gay. And I was like, what? Like, he never showed any signs of that whatsoever. And I said to him one day, years later, we were somewhere, and we were walking somewhere. I noticed he wasn't walking, holding his wife's hand. And I said to him, I said, here's something that, later when we got back to the house, I said, here's something you straight people don't even think about. Talking about privilege. Mm -hmm. Just that act of being able to hold their hand. Mm -hmm. I'd have to calculate when, where I am, how does this look, it, what's go, what's around me if I'm going to make a move like that. Mm. And you choose never to do that. Mm. You see what I mean? It's the little things that privilege, even as black people, it's a privilege to be straight. Oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah. So it's like the little things. He was like, oh my God, like I never... Thought it, I was like, do you know how bad I wish I could just grab my, my husband's hand and walk with him and never worry about, you know, kiss him in front of him and never worry about? You could do that and you choose not to. Yeah. You know, little I, shit. Oh, my God. Yeah, I get it. I mean, I think I'm not, um, you know, I think um, over the past couple of years, of course, with all the movements that have sprung up and having to lend a ear to people and sure. understanding where they come from and also 
Um, you know, I spent some time in the past couple of years working on campaigns um, right. where they were um, very inclusive <clears throat> campaigns for a company and having to like better understand people and their POV right. um, and their history in ways that you don't know. It's not like malicious. You just, you're mm-hmm. ignorant. You know what I mean? You're mm-hmm. not willfully ignorant. You're just ignorant. And I think it just reminded me of just how fortunate I am to come in the situations I have, whether it be financial, social, sure. economic, you know, I'm just very fortunate in many regards. And that I think staying in that place of gratitude has kept me elevated um, in yeah. the tough times. Yeah. Uh, Cause you're like, man, this is, it's real life out here for a lot of folks. Yeah. And you know, we were talking earlier about, you know, writer strike and all that shit like that happening. You know, this is, this is actually where the structure will help some people. You, I'm telling you, writers, if we go on strike in, let's just say, June, because it's going to take about that long to get through it all, right? Then you guys need to be saving your fucking money now. Yeah. You need to be anticipating, well, if this happens now and I can't do a job that's Writers Guild, what can I do outside of just creating more projects? There are other ways to make money. Here's the thing that people forget. You can still produce. Yeah. Right? So if you're a producer... Right, and you guys go out and make your little short films. Go out and do other things to at least be gaining something as opposed to waiting and, for and, something. And just to be clear, when you're producing, just will you get in trouble with the WGA? Well, if you're doing a union project, of course. But that's, that's why I say make it like a little short film, okay, a little okay, okay. just like you know something that's yours, okay, you know, course, or your friends or okay. whatever. You know what I mean? But you're not like trying to make a TV show. Okay, of course. Okay, <laughs> you know I just want to be sure. Yeah, Because yeah. like you go do make a, a proof of concept or whatever. Yeah, you do like a web series or something on YouTube and someone's like, hey, we'll sponsor it. Yeah. Will the WGA be like, hey? Yeah, then you'd have to postpone that. Yeah, you know yeah what I mean? But, oh, no. I mean, it depends on how you do it. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. No, I'm just wondering. It's like the legality of it because I think, I think a lot of younger writers in my position are terrified because like we're, maybe we're finally at the port of entry or we just got in and it's just like, okay, how do we continue our careers like you said produce content um well i mean look i mean look i joined the guild a year and a half before the last strike and so like 2000 2006 yeah and the strike did seriously affect my career but okay. affected my career because the industry shifted into saying we don't really want to origi- like too much original content, particularly from black writers. We want in the, in the feature business. I mean, if you, if you look at if yeah, because you, you were doing features, I was doing then. features, and if you if you go look at well, there was that there was that kind of that explosion in the early aughts of you know of of black film, specifically black comedies and mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. And around to you know like st- like set it all, I set it off, but like. You know, there was, I mean, that, that division at Sony, Screen Gems, was mm-hmm. primarily doing, you know, uh, these black films and stuff like that. It was like that. New Line and Screen Gems. Yes, yeah, yeah. New Line and Screen Gems. But in the wake of that, it changed. And they were like, okay, so that, that, so that's not that, that's not available like anymore. Right. And it was like you had to pivot, you know. And the, and, and the pivot <laughs> was how do you get an opportunity to pitch on a movie um if you don't have any movie credits, you know, and that's what they really want. They want people to do that, you know. Yeah. I mean, and, and look, now granted, we had sold two movies to Fox and stuff like that. They didn't get made. The problem was is that those were like these kind of like black, these black like 
these black dramedies, mm -hmm. you know, and like and those samples weren't working for the type of stuff that like I wanted to get into or that I mean it was a mistake I don't want to say it was a mistake but it was like someone said to me one time you got to be careful about what project that you take that gets you in because yep. people are going to like that's people are, are going to know you for for a long time yeah. until you figure some way to like shake that off e even you know? the TV show you get on the TV people, show yeah. you get on everybody yeah. thinks I write comic books I'm like I just happen to be on one yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean I mean yeah. for me I was lucky to get on Star Trek because I like and I love right. science fiction you know um, speaking of which the premiere was last Thursday uh -huh. you how'd know? you guys do uh, well, it, it, it was it, like the show begins this Thursday, but we had like the oh oh the yeah 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 it's Chinese Party. theater really nice that's, that's awesome. big yeah nice <laughs> yeah. did you do the carpet and shit and well the, no not no, not for the writers just okay. for just but I you know because we all kind of met up I uh, I was saying to myself I don't think that anybody who signed up to be on this show and how. Season three, by the yeah, way. Yeah, season yes. three. Like how tumultuous <clears throat> that second season was for everybody that the premiere would be at the Chinese Theater. Interesting. I mean, like, I don't think anybody thought that. That's and, awesome. And, you know, we're there and fucking, mm -hmm. I mean, it's a, I mean, it was like going to a movie. I like going to a movie, big movie premiere. All yeah. these fucking crowds and screaming mm -hmm. and everything like that. I mean, you know, sure. Those Star Trek fans are yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. interesting seeing the elevation yeah. of prestige with TV. And like, it's almost equivalent to film now. You know what I mean? Ooh. Like, as far as like, I know for me growing yeah, the up. The showrunners are celebrities. Now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. crazy. It's, it's, yeah. it's really awesome to see, especially in the past like 10 years. I think mm -hmm. it's just really exploded with, you know. It's the internet. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was interesting to see how people responded, you know, because they showed two episodes. You know, like the fans were fucking tripping. They loved it, you know. Um, and it's like, you know, like I was crying. Really? Like, yeah. honestly, I was crying a, like a, a, a lot of it. Really? Because... Well, you said it was a totally different season this season. It, it's totally different season, yeah. but it's you just... You brought back all the main characters. But, and yeah, stuff. it was all that, but just like there was a couple moments that I knew were going to be cool mm -hmm. when we were thinking of them, uh, and, and, and they're also cool on set, but just kind of seeing it on that huge IMAX screen... Right was kind of I mean I just the way was, you prefer to see it <laughs> yeah well because it, again it's like that's not what you expect from a television show you don't expect right. that I mean usually the final season of any show they know is the final season mm -hmm. that they're killing it not because of ratings or anything like that just, you know, just other stuff mm -hmm. um, it's usually the, the I remember some people were saying you know usually the network everyone doesn't care they're like, just get this shit over with. We're done right. with it, you know. But it's like kind of a special thing, you know. And and we're, I, it was like, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm excited for everybody to see it. I'm really excited for everybody to see it. I have a cameo in episode. Oh, that's right. I've, I've, you haven't I've, seen I've, it yet, have you? I, I've seen. Have you my seen cameo. the dailies? I no. I well, we saw my episode. Oh, okay, okay. Good. Not the episode I wrote, but 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 the, the, the but the episode that has my cameo in it. Um, you, so you made it to the screen. I made it to the screen. Right, I made it to the that's screen, awesome. <laughs> which is fantastic. Everybody gonna mean recognize yeah, it, you know, the Well, no, they're not gonna recognize me. The one waving. <laughs> I'm like a Romulan, so I'm so, so I'm, I'm so I'm I'm fucking in makeup, but but, you, but you see me to a degree. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you know, but it's just interesting to, to been in, to do that and have seen that and to you know but I but I think about it now you know a, f a friend of mine hit me the other day and he was like dude like you know I haven't watched Star Trek in years but you're part of history now but I I, I want to bring this back to yeah, that's true that's true man. yeah I, I want to bring it back to um, well I'd say it was interesting is that you know 
we screened two episodes. Oh, okay. But Terry had, sh- he showed press the first six. Mm. You know, so the, so so the reviews cover like at least half the. So season. they got to watch it at home. Yeah. Well, what, from what I heard, Terry was doing. He was bringing people to his house to watch it at his oh, okay. his home theater because nice. he was, you know, he's he, you know just the, he, your home theater. That's when you know you got. I, I need home theater money. <laughs> I mean, he, he's, he's. I mean, he's under. He's under. Uh, he was under a considerable amount of pressure to do this. And a lot of people who were like upset at, I mean, a lot of people were like, "You fucked up season two. Right, right. This is gonna be bullshit." Blah blah. You know, because he so, took it over from. Yeah, he yeah. took. I mean, yeah, I mean, season two, he's the kosher one. He wasn't the full show winner, right. so it's just interesting to see. But um, at the party, a couple of people walked up to me, some writers who were mm-hmm. like, "Oh, my, oh, I'm in. I know you from the writers guild. Do you remember me?" I was like, "Oh, I kind of remember your face." Um, and they were like, oh, so my friend is in the press and we saw all episodes. And just, and I was like, which, one did, which one did you write? I, was like, I wrote episode five. She was like, oh, that's my favorite one of the six. Oh, and that's just, it. You know, that's so good. it was very interesting to, to um, I don't know, it was interesting to be part of. But it, but I'm not saying that just to be bragging. I'm bringing it because I want to bring you about coming back about like how people perceive you. And uh, the... the Hold on, what, let me say, sharing your glory, God damn it. It ain't every time. How many yeah, times no, do we? No, fire. You got a fucking show. I know. Let's <laughs> let's enjoy that shit for a minute. God damn it! And you got to go to the Chinese theater. I mean, that's yeah, a dream. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, but what were you saying? Tie it back. No, in. but I'm tying it because the thing about it is, you go and you get to be involved in this big thing, and then you look at it as like, how does this help me with the rest of what I'm trying to do? Right, right. You know, like I think about when I did the the, the movies, <clears throat> you know, that didn't get made, and they weren't even like. You know, like if it was a movie that was, if it was like a high profile thing that didn't get, you know, there's a a lot of stuff that's anticipated that doesn't get done, you know? That is like a better credit and 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 it helps your career differently than a movie that is like, you know, what, I I, I don't know. It's interesting to think about what you get involved in, you know, and and, and, and how you see yourself. You're talking about perception. Perception. Yeah, because I I think it's very, it's very important for you. There's the stories you told about the stuff that about about like having to be Dante, mm. you know, <laughs> and then this thing about this, this that's in the Washington. These people not really like if you're there and you're in a suit, and then the Washington they think you're help. You know what I'm saying? That's exactly what I was. Yeah, thinking. I, I, exactly I don't know. What I, what I think. I think. Yeah, I think a lot of times for the venue, so you can just just roll roll out there and not realize. Well, I think a lot of it is also I'm big. Like I'm not just like yeah. black. I'm yeah. big. Yeah. I look like when I went to you know when I went to college and when I went to grad school. Right. Hell, even now people are like, oh, you're on the football team. Yeah, I can tell you, I was driving cross country when I first moved out here. Hilarious. I love college football. So for me, one of the things I did, I planned my trip according to, um, I came out alone, had $700 in my bank account, broke, Important. no job. Mm-hmm. And um, anyways, blah, blah, blah. Um, I planned my trip according to diners, drive-ins, and dives <laughs> and college football stadiums. Getting all kind of giant burgers and shit. Oh my God, it's disgusting. So um, anyways, I'll never forget, I stopped at Virginia Tech Stadium. He's such a foodie. Oh yeah, funny. I love food, man. I will talk about, I was talking to this random stranger about food for like 30 minutes the other day, just on the street, just like this restaurant. That, anyways, so blah, blah, blah. I stopped and I was wearing a white shirt and black um, shorts at the time. Mm-hmm. And 
that was their that's like their go-to training um oh, okay. outfit is just a virginia tech white virginia tech and black uh and uh so i got out the car and i'll never Wait, what city were you in i was in lynchburg virginia oh, i think okay. it is right. or yeah which is there uh, where virginia tech is mm-hmm. and i remember i went up i drove up to lane stadium and i got out the car and i was like oh snap i'm like taking photos this is lane mm-hmm. stadium virginia tech and I see some dudes pull up on a gator and they're like, hey, get your ass over to the field house on the hop. <laughs> and in that moment, I had a choice, y'all. I That's had a hilarious. choice. I could have ha- lived the story, lived the movie, and might be got arrested <laughs> or I could have got yeah. back in the car. And yeah. so I chose the fucking red pill or whatever, the blue pill. I don't know. <laughs> I got in the car and I drove off. But that's one decision in life where you're like, Interesting. I wonder what happened. You could have had a day, but somebody yes, would have figured it out. They would have figured it yeah. out. The, the training camp that you did in the training <laughs> yeah, camp. Like, <laughs> you, were, you were in your prime. But then, at that right? point, I was, I looked. Right. I literally, like right now, I people still, I could walk, I can meander into most football facilities right. and someone would be like, oh, this guy belongs here. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, at that point, I looked, and I was, I was what, 20? Yeah, yeah, yeah. twenty one or something. So yeah, but um, well, it's interesting because because the thing is is that um, you're not as 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 the height or the the, the girth of Jeff Thorne, you know. Right. But Jeff always talks about it is it has always been an issue for him to being his his weight. His, he's he's six four, right? Probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Um, it's hard for him, you know, to be particularly again. He's got a name like yours, where you look at his name without knowing him, and it's like there's nothing about him that I mean. And his name is Jeff with with a G E O. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's like it reads European. Yeah. <laughs> um. So he feel so it comes across. I, 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 there's expectation. There's an expectation hurdle that you fight. You definitely fight. Well, it's um, like in an industry full of. How do I say this? politely but in an industry filled with people at the top who themselves were let's just say uh not the popular kids yeah yeah Yeah. most of them when when, and they're living their life in the present based on past trauma that they haven't necessarily processed and worked through and they're now taking it out on people which is why we see assistance and interns suing people and why you see sexual harassment such rampant i mean so much sexual harassment in this industry is ridiculous. Yeah. Why? It's built out of insecurity. I mean, insecurity, the whole thing. Yeah. anger, and trauma. And so, I'll just say one thing. Stop on that about sex. It, it, so when I was a kid, I used to hear the phrase or a teenager. Oh yeah, well you know I slapped my dick on the table. You know, it's just <laughs> I I used to think that was just a phrase. You know, yeah, brothers would say that. Yeah, yeah you know. So excuse it, me it, while it was, I whip it out. Yeah. <laughs> But the, but the, but then but but now I realize it's sexual harassment. Yeah, dudes yeah. who put the dick on the table. Yeah. Yes, they actually put the dick on the table. I was like, God damn! And it's crazy because <laughs> I dead ass, I dead ass have to like, I literally like, there's no way someone really do this these things, yeah. right? But these someone are, does. They someone do. You're like, what the fuck? And they do that so much that it's a real phrase. Not like this motherfucker. Yeah. What? It's like, <laughs> like what? No one grew up with. Did anyone grow up with fucking parents who would slap them if they got out of line? <laughs> Jesus like, Christ! I know. So, anyways, no. All I will say is this. So, you know, part of the reason why people's faces droop and drop when they see me is because mm-hmm. it's like I know this. I remind them of the bully. Or the popular kid, or the mm. guy that got the girl, or to them, I am that other that they don't necessarily identify with, right. and so it's like, well, how could he possibly understand what I'm doing? Well, you have a you have kind of what I call a two for one, and what I mean is, I'm a dick. You're a big guy, so the impression is one thing, 
and then you talk to you and you realize oh this motherfucker with the Harvard he's super smart I'm like, not you know my point though <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know what I mean uh, uh, but you can talk about almost any subject though like you're one of those dudes like you yeah. just know a lot of stuff yeah yeah cause you're well read yeah I'm fortunate to just dabble <laughs> you know yeah saying? but, so, it, but well, it, it, you but, know he's a classic example of affirmative action <laughs> 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 indeed indeed Can I, oh hold on let me say this okay I don't care how this sounds but I've had a chance me and my friends my fraternity my, whatever we talk about this all the time we had a chance mm-hmm. to meet Clarence Thomas right okay. to talk to him Okay. <laughs> so I'm not gonna talk about no policy. I'm just gonna tell you a little right, anecdote right. he told us, and he said, "All right, brothers." Um, <laughs> Why is I picturing him? I know. I know. He goes, "Imagine, imagine you're running a treadmill, right? And you're running at like a eight percent incline or ten percent incline, right. eight miles an hour. You're running, breaking a sweat. Now imagine the white man beside you is running at like a negative two incline." And he's running at like six miles an hour. What happens when you put those two people on equal playing fields? What do you think is going to happen? He's like, the black guy's going to smoke the white guy, right? right. And we were like, well, yeah. I mean, whoever is to- fucking. To- total in the hair. Right? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Whoever, like, if whoever the fuck is running at an eight to 10% incline at eight miles an hour versus person running negative, it doesn't matter what color you are. Right. He goes, he's like, that's my point. So why do we need affirmative action? To help us when you guys have been running at a 10% incline your whole lives. Mm. And these guys have been running at a negative two. If we put you guys on an even playing field, in theory, you should smoke them, right? Sure. Why do you need a handout? Mm. <laughs> and I was like, because that 2%, that 2% negative decline they have and that 8 to 10% we have, that is the course. The course. Here's, that- here's, here's the interesting thing. I'm glad you said that. I was just talking to somebody about this the other day. In the same context you're talking about, you can't compare the two yeah. because they have an advantage. Mm-hmm. The advantage is you turn on the Zoom with the white dude and you're like, oh, hey, you turn on the, do- the Zoom with you and you're like, oh, I didn't know Richard Scott was, I didn't, that wasn't what I was planning. And, and the crazy thing for me is as I have gone through staffing and like I've lost out, like there is a, a show and there's a show where I was the first person left out. Mm. And I was crushed. It was my favorite show. I'd written a spec of the show. I'd read a good sample. I knew one of the EPs who really liked me. Yeah. I'd done all the things you're supposed to do, and I didn't get it. Yeah. And I had to eat humble pie because they were like, hey, I'm sorry. They went with a woman of color. They went with a black one in that moment. It's like, what the <coughs> fuck am I going to say? Yeah. That woman's journey, I'm going to argue, is probably harder than mine. Yep. So who the fuck am I? Or you know, I was up for another thing where they were yeah, like, yeah. But the thing, I mean, just because. But the thing about that is, just because there's the power differentials and the structural problem differences between a black woman and a black man, that you know what, you might have had a better everything story sample, you know, a better interview. But the white people are saying, if I get a if if I get a woman and a black person. That checks off two boxes. I'm not gonna have to. Yep. So, 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 so when I gotta fill that diversity report, I can check off two boxes as opposed to one. <clears throat> you know, as although it's only one person, not two, not a black person and a female, but it's a black person who's who who, who it's a black woman. And honestly, I'm stoked because I was, and I say that because for me, I was like, if I'm gonna lose to anyone, I'm happy that's a black woman. Yeah. Sure, especially for this sure. show. Sure, I'm happy that's sure. a black woman because. Sure. Them motherfuckers, thank you. 
<laughs> Let me just say this to black one out there. No, no thank you. No, no, I mean, look, I'm, 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 I mean, I, I was up for The Walking Dead and Latoya Morgan got. It. You think I'm gonna be upset about you that? You know what I'm saying? And I'm not <laughs> saying you are, Chris. Please, please. I'm just saying for me. I am upset. <laughs> I just, I guess for me, what I'm saying is like, how do I say this? The world sucks in many ways for many people. Yeah. And I think the problem is, is that like, it's kind of like the black actor, black British actor versus black American yeah. actor. It's like, instead of, we, we don't need to compete with each other. We don't need to yell and scream at each other. We can celebrate each other. We can be happy for one another because the important thing is somebody won. Whether or not it was you who benefited, today the world got better because a deserving voice that has been overlooked and marginalized got in the room. And they don't have a seat. It's true. The thing, the thing that I learned though, you know, in, in in being in staffing, and, and we've talked about this in casting. Same thing. You're gonna get the job because of different reasons. Mm -hmm. We might already have two light skinned people in the room. I'm in casting, for example, and you decide you want some contrast. Somebody's tall, somebody's short. Somebody's blonde, somebody's brunette. Everybody might have killed them, but that's the reason why. They look too much alike. They whatever, you know what I mean? It's stupid reasons. And it's the same thing with staff in the room is you go, fuck, we ended up with all these dudes. <laughs> now we got it. But because guys is They're, where you go first. Yeah. It's just is how Hollywood works, yeah. right? And then you go, shit, we got the other role we got to cast. We can have some, we got to have somebody native. We got to have somebody Muslim. Mm -hmm. We got to have whatever the thing is, somebody Korean. Because of that quota, in this climate, you can't have a show no more because we see what Treader does. It'll destroy your show. Yeah, and and that's honestly good. And that doesn't mean you weren't good. Yeah, but honestly, good because I think what what no matter what, when we look at the strike, when we're talking about it from a financial angle, whether we talk about it from a societal yeah. angle, from an artistic angle, even from an AI level, the system as it's currently constructed is not working. Um, it is working. I apologize. It's just not working for the betterment. <laughs> I don't, no, I mean, like, like honestly, I don't think it's working for anybody. I mean, like, like I mean, and and again, just like with the strike, it's like it, the system as is is punishing certain people more. It's it's punishing the most vulnerable of us more, which is the black. Uh, I mean, you know what? It's not even the black writers. It's probably the Latino and the Asian writers. You know, because you hear a lot more of. There's like one Latin show or yeah, one mm -hmm, blah. Sure. I mean, there's multiple black shows. I mean, I mean, like I was watching um, Wednesday, and I was watching um, Sandman. Mm -hmm. You know, and I was, and I also watching um, Foundation. Right. Yeah. We got to talk about not on the show. We got to talk about how you like Wednesday, the look of it, and everything. Yeah, I but, think it's pretty dope. Yeah, but, but but ultimately, I was sitting myself. There's a lot of black people in this show. Okay, cool. In the cast. In the cast. I'm yeah. saying, the cast, there's, there's, in, 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 like, in all three of those shows, there's, there's a lot of black people. Mm -hmm. And there's not a lot of other people, mm -hmm. right. you know? Um, and, you know, something like Foundation, like, they didn't have... I can recall, like, one... East Asian person in the mm -hmm. show, like mm -hmm. offhand, and she got she was introduced and killed in the same episode. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and uh, it's just interesting to see like like how, and you hear about it now. Do you know the, like just like the number of Hispanic and 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 obviously Middle Easterners like they don't show up a lot, they don't show up enough. You know, yeah. show up a lot. Sure. You know, um, and I mean perhaps it's like that squeaky wheel syndrome. You know, the black people are a lot more 
comfortable being the squeaky wheel then it's it's very much comfortable because you know the whole thing with Asians is like their culture you know not to like be stereotypical but their culture does kind of you know um well let's look you know, at this like don't rock the boat that much sure. you know? let's let's look at this though <clears throat> we well i wouldn't say that on twitter though you know you do no, some issue yeah. let me just finish this thought we talked about this last week right with the last of us we all love the show let's get that clear however joel miller is supposed to be a white guy and there's nothing about Pascal's Pascal, is that yeah, how you say? Yeah, Pascal, Pascal, yeah. Pascal's character that shows that he's got any Latin in him at all. Whatsoever. And that's what we're talking about when we uh uh when we allow somebody white to write us, is they miss the nuance of us. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, that doesn't mean we don't all live in America and we aren't, you know, subject to just, you know, being at being Americans, right? But we all still have nuances of things we do that are black, or nuances that are Latin, or nuances that are whatever, and that's what's usually missing. You know yeah, what I mean? For sure. Yeah, so, and uh, we we've talked about um, my Zelda and an R script, right. the script I'm developing, and I've got two scripts where I have um, two um, trans feminine people as leads, right. and one of the things uh, people came up to me and they asked, "Well, why?" Why I is did, character I did. in your script? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why is the character in your script? And I think for me, when I I noticed when I first started writing, I was writing, of course, in a black perspective and black male perspective. And then as I grew as a writer and more people and learn more people in the writers' rooms that I've been in, you start to open yourself up and open up your world and learn more about them. True. And I think the hope that we can get to one day is where we write awesome stories with awesome people in them, and those people are diverse. The issue yeah. is, the, what makes it scary, like Chris, what we talked about earlier, is doing the work. Hilliard was like, why? Why is this character in your script, right? For me, with my um, other, my first script in the rom-com, it was because I wound up falling in love with a non-binary person, and mm. I was like, what does this make me? Mm. That's asking the question, okay. And so, okay, now let's go through and explore my sexuality. What am I? Okay, right. I am cis. I like cis women. Right. This person was was a, a cis woman who transitioned, mm-hmm. but right. there's something about them that I still really dug. Okay. But that conversation is tough to have, right. and it's even tougher to put into a script. And then not only that, but go through and ask the questions of the other person about them. Right. And I think that's the work that people don't necessarily want to do because you're in love with your concept. You're in love with your plot. You know what I mean? And it's like, I don't necessarily feel like having to do justice to every single character. But if that character is there, if it's going to be shown on screen, people want justification. They want it to be heartfelt. They want it to be real. And that takes work. And the thing is, if you don't know, you got to go find out. But see, that's the problem, though. They don't go far enough. They just go, oh, well, another black friend of mine is like this. It's like, how many of them did you talk? Just one? Exactly. And that's the thing. You got to find out before you do it. Yeah, I mean. mean, Let's wrap it up in a minute. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, I wrote a pilot that I'm kind of rewriting now. And there's an opening scene where there is um, there's a man who is having sex with a trans woman so a man is transitioning right mm-hmm. and um have they already had surgery or they're still she no it's just her breasts or yeah something? just her breasts yeah okay. yeah and i point that out in okay. the like in the script you mm-hmm. know and um 
and my reps were like, you, you got to change that. Mm. I was like, why? <laughs> well, like, like, why do I have to do that? Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, people are going to get upset the way you're presenting, presenting this person and she's topping this way. And I was like, that happens. You can't tell me that that doesn't happen. You know, people might get upset and and feel, oh, that's the like that like that's a depiction that we don't like, but it does happen. Yeah. And I'm setting it up in a like like in a way to kind of show this one character who, if I made him just a straight white guy, he has a black guy, if I made him a straight black guy, you might not have the same type of empathy for him. In well, here's situ- here, in, this, in in what's happening. Here's you know? my here's my question I would have for you is. You're right, it does happen, but I think like looking at the ballroom uh, uh, culture, right? A lot of those guys will get their breasts done, but keep yeah that. Yeah. But but because they still like being a guy. Right. But if they're not but they're not they don't consider themselves trans though. They might be more non binary or something else. So that's why you just have to just so answer yeah, a couple yeah, more yeah, yeah. questions. So it, 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 could, it could be that. I mean, but but the, but 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 the thing that like I got upset with mm-hmm. is they were so knee jerk about it, you know. And then I also had a thing where the lead of my thing, she is um, she's Latina. She's mm-hmm. from Cuba, right? You know, but I've given her a amalgamation eastern european name because that's her alias oh okay okay but i don't tell them like in the script oh this is her alias but her name is so bizarre that you're like that can't be real (laughs) you know like no like that's that's just not real i mean like a latin girl with that name that can't that it's it's like i'm 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 asking you the reader to go oh that's she's an assassin Mm That's an alias. That can't be the real name, you yeah. know. But my, we'll my, discover later on. You discover later yeah. on. But you know, but the the my reps are to white people were, were like were, but they thought that I was like, you know, they thought that I was mishandling the 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 ethnicity that I was not doing it like like whimsically, mm-hmm. you know. And I was like, no, 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 no. You're gonna find out that this is. I mean, look, her, this, you, you. I, I was like, I was like, you're gonna find all that out. You're gonna find out what her backstory mm-hmm. is. You know, I mean, and why she uses this alias, where she's doing this from. You have to do all this. And they were like, oh, well, you know. And I was like, oh, the perception is gonna be, mm-hmm. you know. It, and it's it taught me a lesson. It taught me a lesson. I was teaching someone else the other day. Um, you don't have to. Uh, Take your clothes off to have a good time. No, well, no, 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 no. <laughs> a lot of hand stuff. Yeah, um, you don't have to um, and party all night. Some shit over there. <laughs> um, stay in the story the whole time in your script, right? Right. And I and 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 and, and the thing I mean by that is. I was there was a friend of mine. She's writing a script about about surf culture, mm-hmm. and the first two pages of the script is like a glossary, uh, and, and I was like, "You ki- uh, no no that, no no." Uh, and I said, and so I sent her a script called the the pilot for the expanse, and I said, "You this is why because there's a there's, there's she a, thinks she needs to tell you all the rules so, up front." So, yeah, all for, yeah. And I said, and and the expanse. 
they get to a scene, maybe it's on, it's on page six. I said, look at this on page six, where you introduce these characters called Belters, right? Okay. And it says, hey, so and so is a Belter, blah, 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 blah. And, that's the, and then the very next paragraph is it's it's in parentheses it's -hmm. got two stars in front of it then two dashes Mm -hmm. and then it's all in italics and it and and it gives the definition of what a belter is Ah. like in this world it's just in his two sentences and then it comes for the reader it's for the reader yes you know and i was like oh this is smart writing Mm -hmm. this is how you can like like this is how you as the writer have like can do the insurance policy for the reader. To simple. Keep, yeah, simple. Mm-hmm. And it's, I said to myself, I was thinking about things, I said, oh, that's what I could do in my thing. When I meet this character, I got to mm-hmm. explain, you know, now the character is going to get killed in a, a couple pages later, you know, but that's because the, the guy, because both of them get killed. It's not like I, I'm just killing someone who's, you know, who's, right. who's, who's not straight for, because I'm going to be provocative. Um, but I was like, oh, so maybe I put into the description later on. Hey, so you meet this girl, like, let's call her X. Mm-hmm. And then, but, you know, oh, that's not a Latin name. You know, like, you know, like, like, correct that, yeah. like, like, correct the mind shift in the the page, in like, like, like within the reader. Yeah, so you know that's your job. Yeah, that's yeah, your yeah job. you know, yeah. and, and uh, yeah. it's one of those things that I, it's just a. I, I just feel like it's the perception thing. Like the perception thing is such a is such a fight that, uh, and, I, and everyone's super sensitive to it now. But you know? but I think it's it's <clears throat> the biggest thing I had to learn is that their perception is a hundred percent valid. And even in this I, climate, particularly, yes, yes, yes. Uh, I no, think no. For, I, 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 let me step back. Their perception is valid 100% of the time because it's their perception exactly and I think and, and, and I'm saying and so what I'm saying is like that's that's what I've had to do uh, is talk about in regards to eating humble pie as a writer and someone who's trying it's like what are you trying to do right, right? Yeah. what is the purpose of this are you going to rest on your laurels are you going to let your pride ruin this opportunity or mm-hmm. are you going to listen to this person and try to find commonality or common ground maybe you don't but hope the hope is that like when you bump someone that you can have a productive conversation or somebody can ask you a question. And this is the hard part, especially when you're so tied to a project, is allowing someone to strike at who the core of you, who you are as an artist, sure, sure. and not be triggered to a point where it becomes unproductive and unconstructive and sure. you ruin a relationship. And so I think what's really interesting with my, um, I won't say, my learning lessons, we'll call it that, right. is um, being able to respect that perception and then ask why, and then try to find that commonality. And I think that's something that a lot of writers, no matter what stage we are, could do. Yeah. And I think it's something that what I hope, my thing is this, there are a lot of established writers in high positions who write, and they write really great stuff. It's really fun. Mm-hmm. But I think where they miss the mark is they're these big names. And to them, they've had the whole world tell them that their perception is the one that's so valuable. Why do I need to care about these other people's perceptions? And that's the issue is that like you're now we, devaluing we, the validity we, of we, their experience. We talked about years ago. I don't remember if you were on this episode or not. Chris, forgive me. We were talking about David Mamet. And I was saying, I heard him, and you probably know this speech too, but there was something I might have read, heard something. <clears throat> I've heard him speak like twice, I think. But he was somebody was asking him about some movie he did and they were like, and then you killed such and such off. Like, why'd you kill him so early? Like, oh, I love that character. And he went, I did my job. Like, exactly. I wanted you to want more. <laughs> you know what I mean? But he was so like, 
No, I'm not, I'm not fixing that. Like, no. You know what I mean? It was like this, this, but it made, it made a ton of sense in the context of that is your job as a writer is to make you go, oh, I wanted them more. Like, The Last of Us, I was like, he killed her daughter the first fucking episode. You know what I mean? And then it makes you want them more. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I mean? No, anyway. I get it. I get yeah. it. Well, awesome, y'all. Thank y'all. This was fun. Uh, good to see you, Rich. Thank you. Thank you for having exactly. me. I appreciate it. Great to see you both. Where you at? Where can people follow you? Oh, right. Um, at Fat Boy Feels on all your social media platforms. Slow at, down. Say that again. Say that again. Yeah. At Fat Boy Feels on all your social media okay. platforms. Oh, you change it all to just that now? Yeah, it's all it's all at Fat Boy Feels. Yeah. Just follow me there. Okay, yeah. cool. Awesome. Where you at, Chris Derek? Uh, I'm at Unauthorized CBD on Twitter and Instagram. Awesome. And I'm your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter at Hilliard Guest. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, same shit. Um, please go on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Um, what's the other one? Anchor. Anchor. I always forget that. <laughs> <laughs> Anchor, uh, whatever you guys listen to, we're all out there all over the world. What else, Chris? And you can support the show. Please support the show because we, we have to get new equipment to make this show sound better and be better for y'all. So support the show at ScreenwritersRR.com where you can find a link to our Patreon page. Um, and then you can select a dollar a month, two dollars a month. I mean, like literally if if 30 people gave a dollar a month who listen to the show all the time, that would be amazing. And also it's only a dollar and, and, and you get, I, I don't know, I, I'd see four episodes a month, two hours, you get like eight hours of content for a dollar, you're tripping if you're not going to support. <laughs> In my opinion, you're tripping. Again, ScreenWritersRR.com. <laughs> You'll find the link to the Patreon page. We'd exactly. appreciate it. Thank you, y'all. Appreciate it, man. Um, anyway, so you guys come out with Star Trek when? When does it drop? Uh, Star three? Trek drops this Thursday on the 16th on Paramount+. Plus. Uh I mean, I fucking probably like I fucking probably like one a.m. in the morning on Jesus on that. Christ. So watch, so watch it. Please watch it. Please watch the show. Um, yeah, That's I exactly. appreciate it. <clears throat> and uh, I just want to give a shout out to my mom and dad. They had their sixty fourth wedding anniversary on the ninth. Yes, I'm a blessed person to still have them there. Thank God they're vampires and they still bite necks so they keep themselves alive. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, everybody joining me. Y'all know how we're doing on the rant room. On the show, we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, everybody? 2023. 2023. Peace, y'all. I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the rant room Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind, and the business got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. You never have to guess when you're listening to Hillier. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the rent room. Rant room.